Hello and welcome to Martially Motivated. I am your host Dan Burrell with Burrell Martial Arts. Uh, today I discuss gun safety. Uh, I'm going to go into a, a few different things, but specifically if you decide you have a gun, um, how to deal with it and how to train with it. Um, kind of a checklist to go down. Um, and if I sound a little tired during this, uh, I am uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, we're going through a lot of stuff right now is in our society with uh, the pandemic and uh, the rioting and uh, murdering and it just you throw in talking about gun safety and it's it's exhausting um, so and it's there's a lot of stuff going on right right now that is just mentally uh, and emotionally physically all of the above exhausting so my apologies uh, if it's not the most uplifting podcast, but I hope you take away some good notes with it. If you do own a gun, um, please train and understand how to use that thing. Um, if not, someone's going to get hurt. So um, I hope you enjoy it. All right, on today's episode, we are going to talk about gun safety. Um, I want to give you a, kind of a quick uh, scenario uh, exercise, I guess you can say. Um, a lot of this I'm taking from a couple different places, um, but as usual, some of this is from my Prevention and Awareness uh, Handbook. Um, but I'm also taking it from, and I just dropped all my papers, but um, I am taking it from uh, essentially my upcoming book. Uh, it's just getting finished here, drafts done and whatnot. Um, and I have a chapter in there uh, that deals with gun safety uh, and a few other elements behind it. Um, that's just part of it. But um, that's what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to start off by asking you to think of a scenario um, in which you would need a gun to defend yourself or defend others. Uh, in, specifically in this scenario, I'm talking handgun, but I guess you can think of both. Um, I kind of separate it when I talk about guns. Um, I think of a handgun as one thing, and I think of a shotgun or rifle as a different thing. Um, they're both technically guns, but uh, their, their uses are very different. You can't go walk down the street, uh, well, I was going to say you can't walk down the street with a, a shotgun in your hand or a rifle or something, but uh, unfortunately it's, it, it is happening right now. Um, depending on what time you're listening to this, um, there's some writing going on. But uh, generally speaking, uh, if you're walking this, down the street with a gun, you have a revolver or handgun of some sort. Um, but uh, think of this scenario. Um, where would you use this gun? I want you to think um, handgun right now and outside of your house because again the, I'll separate this later but think whatever you want to think uh, what scenario that you need a gun and nothing else will do so make sure it's a, a scenario where uh, the the gun is the fastest easiest uh, most efficient way of dealing with an actual threat uh, life-threatening situation really um, be as realistic as possible and recognize any mistakes or problems that may arise from pulling out that gun and shooting another human being. Uh, ask yourself, will I accidentally shoot someone I love uh, or a random person? 
Um, will I accidentally shoot an innocent bystander, for instance? Um, will I have time to unholster the gun? I can't speak at times, but um, can I aim it? Can I shoot it accurately? Uh, is the death of, uh, death of another human being uh, warranted? Uh, take your time, think it through, uh, in, even throughout this discussion, think about it. Um, to be quite honest, I struggle to find a really good scenario. And I can come up with some things where it may work out, uh, but I can always spot another scenario or a, a, an incident that could arise that would make it tragic, that would turn a, a quick use of defend yourself into you just killed another person that had nothing to do with anything, or you ended up you know, fumbling over the gun and now the attacker has the gun, whatever it may be. That there's always uh, something out there that could go wrong. That's not to say having a gun is bad by any means. Um, I, I, I tend to stay away from the whole uh, gun control issue and whatnot. It, it, it is what it is. I don't, I don't really... I, I have to go off of what the rules are right now. That's all that really matters right now. You can preach all day you want one way or the other. It doesn't change what is what it is right now. Uh, and uh, I am neither for or against it. There are some scenarios where I would highly suggest having one, uh, which I'll get into later. Um, but if you have one, really think deeply about when you would use it. That's number one. Um, and now moving on from there, and by the way, if you do think of something, send it over to me, text me, message me, whatever. Because um, when I first wrote this, uh, at the time it was just an article um, for a, a blog that I do, but um, and that was like 10 years ago that I probably wrote this, and I couldn't think of something then, and every now and then uh, I go back and reread this and see if I need to update something, and I still can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, again, I'm certain there's stuff out there, and you know, it's just a, it's a percentage thing. When, you, when you, the percentage is higher that it's going to be useful than not, then generally use it. The, the thing with the, the gun is that... Uh, when it, something goes wrong, it becomes dramatically wrong. It's not just, oops, I punched the wrong person. Uh, it's, oops, I killed a little kid type of distraught, horrible thing. Um, that's, that's the issue there. So moving on with this, um, and again, I'm kind of reading off of my chapter with some notes here. Um, so my apologies if I sound robotic in some of this stuff, but I will go off on tangents as I usually do and just did there. But... Um, now, did you come up with any scenarios? Um, there, uh, we have to understand what self-defense is first and foremost, uh, and, and that's right off the bat where everything tends to go wrong. Um, it involves doing just enough to halt a threat towards yourself. That is it. It has nothing to do with winning, it has nothing to do with revenge, uh, it is not about feeling like a hero. Uh, None of that stuff. Uh, this means that if someone runs up to you and steals your wallet and runs off, you can't pull out your gun and kill them. It, it doesn't work that way. That is murder. Uh, yes, they were a thief, but it doesn't warrant the death penalty without a trial, at least. Uh, you, you can't do those things. It just doesn't work. Um, the, the law is pretty damn clear. It, it's very simple but clear. 
you do just enough to defend yourself and stop the attack. That's it. Uh, with that said, if someone comes up, runs up to you, punches you in the nose, breaks your nose, and then takes off running, I'm sorry you cannot go trace them down, uh, track them down, and just pummel them. You, you can't do anything. You can report them to the police. That, that's it. It, it sucks. <laughs> but welcome to life. It's not a very fair one. Uh, you got to deal with it. You got to be, you know, prepared to not get punched. <laughs> Keep your hands up, I guess, while you're walking down the street. Uh, it, yeah, again, it sucks. It's just, it, it is the way it is. But uh, anyway, moving on. Um, as a civilian, and I'm guessing most of the people I'm talking to here are civilians. Um, when I say civilian, I mean just the average person. Um, you're not in the military, at least not active specifically, but even non-active, um, I wouldn't really call them civilian. That Most have training, and uh, if they haven't stuck with it, that's one thing, but um, many of them have gone through considerable training when it comes to military or law enforcement, security, any of that stuff. Um, you know, again, we're I'm talking in the middle of a you know, big issue right now where there was you know, police crime. It, again, this, this sucks. There's one bad person in a group of, I don't know, hundreds and it ruins things, but that one person shouldn't be there. And I, I'm shocked that that one person is there so often. But anyway, uh, so as a civilian, uh, our physical skills as well as our mental skills of recognition of true threat and even properly dealing with the psychological issues that come up from killing another human uh, being, um, even if they deserve it, is simply not good enough. Um, those of us that train martial arts, uh, especially over a long period of time and do it correctly, um, we're better off. We understand some of these things and we can deal with some of these things, but by and, lar by and large, we're, we're not capable as a civilian to deal with this stuff, uh, which again, I'll get into a, a little bit later. Um, let's see, move, uh, moving on here, there there are times where a gun is not useful, uh, or excuse me, it's not uh, only useful, but it's your best option. Um, even if you're a ninth degree black belt, there are times that someone pulls a gun, I, I don't care who you are, how skilled you are with your hands, you just got to raise your hands up and go, yep, take the wallet, move on. Uh, it's just the way it is. It, there's some scenarios that's just not going to work out. Uh, if your life depends on it, you have to be ready to be do what it's uh, what it takes to survive and keep your family safe. That's a big note there that I have in uh, this chapter. But what I'm reading off of here, um, and that's one thing that very few really are ready for. And it's more physical training one, but mental training is another thing. Uh, are you okay with, you know, killing somebody or seriously injuring somebody? Uh, the average person is not. Um, you kind of have to have something psychologically wrong to be okay with that, or be heavily trained and have things set up, which again I'll, I'll get a little more into later on. Um, moving on, the uh, if someone truly wants to kill you, they will. You will not have much of a choice in the matter, unfortunately. Uh, you'll simply be killed. Uh, if you're lucky, they will make a mistake, uh, and you will may, uh, have a brief moment to defend yourself or escape. That is about it. Uh, someone who really wants to kill you is not going to just jump out in front of you uh, and show you the gun and go, hey, I'm going to shoot you. 
what are you going to do about it? And then try and shoot you. It's not like you see in the movies. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous to uh, what you see and the fact that so many people believe what they see uh, it, with movies, TV shows. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. If someone really wants to kill you, it's in your sleep. Uh, it's when you're walking away, whatever it may be. There's no real code in killing somebody like that. It's just they're going to kill you. Uh, luckily, that doesn't come, come up too often, I don't think. <laughs> um, not in my world, anyway. Uh, if someone shows you the weapon in front of you, uh, it is not meant to, uh, or it is meant as intimidation. Um, they do not want to use it. Uh, generally speaking, they don't want to. They will you know, keep that in mind. Uh, if you mess around, it, they do have a weapon. Uh, chances are they might be just as scared as you are, um, but they're going to pull that trigger. If you screw with them and not deal with uh, what they want you to do, um, they're going to use it. They don't want to because that adds to it. There's a big difference between theft and murder, and they know that. Uh, so just give them whatever it is they want. Um, and I, I've mentioned this in another podcast, but if it's you they want and they're saying get in the van, that is the one big time I say fight back, even if they do have a weapon. Because it's not going to end well for you. They're just taking you somewhere else to dispose of the body, and that's about it. Uh, don't get in that van. Uh, but give them your wallet. That's not worth fighting and dying for. All right. Um, now, understand the fight or flight or freeze response. Um, that's the SNS kicking in, the uh, sympathetic nervous system. Uh, I've talked about this before, too. If you haven't learned uh, or haven't heard that podcast, go through Listen to that. I don't want to recap everything, but I'm going to give you just a, a brief rundown of how it you know, applies to this. Um, what it does kick in is you, it kicks in due to your heart rate and usually like fear or you've been startled. Um, the cognitive thought ceases. Uh, you can't think straight. You can't rationalize. Uh, it's simply reaction. Uh, even possibly forgetting you have a gun. Uh, the, the blood pulls away from the limbs, which leads you to lose um, fine motor skills and complex uh, motor, motor skills, depending on how bad it is. Um, there are levels of this. It doesn't, it's not all or nothing, but um, keep in mind that you know, reaching for your gun, pulling the trigger, falls under fine and complex motor skills. Uh, you suffer from tunnel vision. Uh, if there's multiple people, you'll see one of them. Uh, and if they're moving around a lot, you may not keep track of them. Uh, there are just some of the, the negative, effect, uh, negative effects um, the body goes through um, when it's uh, threatened suddenly. And that goes back to being uh, aware and ready for prevention measures to uh, breathe and be prepared for what may happen if you can't get away. But if it happens out of nowhere, this is what's going to happen. All right. um, you can see how uh, this can cause a nightmare scenario. When it comes to recognizing a true threat, unholstering, aiming, understanding consequences, recognizing if there are innocent people standing uh, by and could get shot on an accident um, and pulling the trigger. All of these things uh, could go haywire just because you went into the, the fight or flight or freeze um, response and you weren't prepared for it. Um, the most common would uh, of... Um, Let's see, I don't want to rephrase this one. Um, one well, let's, let's transition here into the, the shotgun and 
the home invasion because this is really what this is about. Um, I'm giving you a bunch of negative stuff right now about you know handguns and whatnot, and I want to get into the useful stuff. It's more important. Uh, I don't want it to be uh, preachy about you know not wanting one or not having one, whatever it may be. Um, again, that's completely up to you. Um, I do find uh, you know, having weapons is crucial, in my opinion, when it comes to being out and about in the world, real world and understanding how to use them. Um, it, it's whatever you're used to. I, I don't shoot um, at all, really. I, I did when I was younger. We went hunting and whatnot and um, whatever else. But uh, it, for me, the knife is my thing. Um, I generally have one with me. Um, I'd rather have that than a gun, and that's, part of that's because I'm just more proficient with it. Um, I know how to use it better. Um, I, I know the statistics with it much better than you know, the, the gun um, and what comes about from that. So, um, it, to me, it's, it's better to have a gun for me. That doesn't mean it's better for you. So, something to think about there, but nonetheless, I want to get into the, the home invasion type because this is really where this podcast and this episode is about. Because um, this is where I see it uh, extremely useful, and I highly suggest owning a shotgun uh, specifically. But um, the that's where it's most common um, to, to to use a gun, uh, especially when family members are accounted for. That's a big one there. Uh, you you have to know where everybody's at, and uh, I will have a podcast uh, eventually about um, home uh, safety in in general, keeping. Uh, home security, I guess, is, is probably a better word for it. And knowing where everybody in the house is at and having code words and schedules and uh, plans, all those things are crucial because if they're not followed, you're not going to know where somebody's at. And that's when you accidentally shoot a family member or a friend or whatever it may be. So, you know, listen for that one. Uh, I'm still kind of putting some notes together on that one. Uh, but I will get it out to you. Um, now, when someone enters your home without permission, this is someone breaking into the one place that is supposed to be your safe zone, uh, where no one can hurt you or your family, and it is not through your actions that this person has become a threat. Uh, if someone has broken into your home, knows that you're home, and yet remains there, there is simply no innocent or accidental intent anymore. Your life is in danger, and you have to prepare to potentially kill someone if unable to scare them off. Um, again, I'll, I'll tell you a story in another podcast um, of the scenario I went through that luckily was the best case scenario, but um, they continue to try and get into the, the, the house even though they knew we were home. Um, but there was a different reason for that, and they did not make it in, by the way. Um, moving on, I'm going to scroll down here. Um, now, I'm going to go through some uh, kind of a checklist, just a handful of them, um, but they're important. I, I kind of broke it down. There's a lot of stuff that uh, I can write down here, mention, uh, but one of them is just get proper training. And that will really cover the vast majority of what you should know when it comes to guns, is just get proper training. I, I can't you know, sit here and talk you through everything. It's something you gotta do uh, outside of this in person. So um, just run through a few of these. Uh, number one, keep any and all guns in a lock box that only you 
or another competent adult knows the combination to. Uh, if it's in a lockbox with a combination, it doesn't take long to open, um, but long enough to give you time to breathe and access or assess the situation uh, rationally. Uh, it keeps the gun uh, keeps uh, the gun out of the hands of a child as well as anyone who may break in. Uh, just make sure your child is not around or nearby uh, when you use the combination. Uh, you'd be amazed how much information those kids can retain when you don't think they're paying attention. Uh, so they should not be in the room when you're typing that in at any time. Uh, do understand that, uh, like anything else, you have to practice entering the combination and opening the box. It has to be instinctive. Uh, it sounds weird to sit there and practice typing in a code, but you have to. Uh, think back to what I mentioned just a moment ago with the fight or flight or freeze. Uh, if that hits, which it most likely will, for at least a moment, uh, hopefully you've done breathing exercises, you can kind of bring that back down pretty quickly, but if not, you are not going to remember that code. Your fingers will, if you've trained it, uh, they'll just know what to do. It's kind of like a computer code in your brain that you've created that when things uh, go to hell, your, your body still does what it's been trained to do. That's what we're training for physically in martial arts, but you got to do it with this stuff too. Um, that is a fine motor skill to type in this code. Um, cognitive thought uh, will be out the window and fine motor skills uh, are needed to, to enter the combination. Calling 911 should also be practiced. That doesn't get said enough. Uh, think of your phone. You know, how many steps does it take to call 911? Uh, for me, I, I have a, a, a PIN number and whatever else just to get into my phone. Uh, and I believe, pick it up here, uh, you, you can actually enter it without, uh, or get to the phone without, you know, entering that in. And generally, there's a fast track to that 911 number. Uh, there's to be a 911 number, um, but nonetheless, you still got to remember how to do it. You know, if, uh, if you don't, you just got a brick in your hand that <laughs> you can use to throw at them, I guess. Uh, you have to practice dialing 911. Um, again, it sounds weird, but it's fine motor skills and it's focus, things that are out the window when stress hits. Um, now, on to number two is what I mentioned before get training. So much of uh, what you really need to know about gun safety is in this number two here. I can't explain it through uh, a, an episode of a podcast. You have to get out there and train. Uh, you have to train in stressful environments um, to be properly use a gun in a stressful situation. Uh, just shooting at a target on the weekends is not enough. Uh, that will hopefully get you some accuracy for when you already have the gun out, but that's about it. I, if, if you're not training to go find your gun, uh, hit the lockbox, or unholster it, or make rational decision making, breathing properly, all this stuff, uh, if you're not training that um, under duress and stress, then it's kind of pointless. You'll, you'll have the gun there and you'll forget you have it. Um, or you know, the, the, the brain function just won't work to, to pick it up and use it. So you, you have to train and you have to train in a stressful environment. 
Um, I know some training places will take you with like an airsoft gun, and you it's almost like a paint gun. Uh, fun games you run out there, and, uh, you have scenarios and shoot. Uh, laser tag does the same thing. It's not quite as real though, because you're not getting hit with anything other than just a little beeping noise. But uh, those things do help. Uh, all those scenarios uh, help you out because it puts you in that mindset of, oh no, I can't get hit. I need to hide, but I still need to shoot and defend and move and all this stuff. So you got to train that body and you got to train the mind. Uh, joining a martial arts school is another big part of that. Even though we don't typically go over guns, uh, in our Hapkido program we do, but it's not until you're essentially uh, at that master level that it's like the last weapon we work on. Uh, and by then you should really know how to use it. It's more about you know fine-tuning it and uh, taking it apart, putting it back together, understanding the gun on all levels and all this stuff. So uh, as well as some self-defense scenarios behind it. But again, that's that's it takes years before you can get to that level. Um, I don't really teach a whole lot with uh, gun self-defense or like uh, disarming a gun or anything like that. Uh, we'll do a couple scenarios just for fun, but I, I make it very clear with students that it's just for fun. Never use this. Uh, it could be used if you really trained it well, but man, don't do it. <laughs> There's just too many things that can go wrong. It's going to have to be your last-ditch effort, and you know something horrible is going to happen if you don't, um, and that's about it. Um, let's see, but the mental state of this, um, in martial arts, we train that stressful scenario. Uh, we teach how to calm yourself and to not let fear take over. Um, and it doesn't lead to those negative effects of the fight or flight or freeze. And if it does, your, your body's trained to, to keep moving and do what it's supposed to with that type of training. Uh, number three, uh, understand the physical and, and psychological ramifications of killing another human being. Uh, if you shoot and kill someone uh, that is a threat to your life, or was not a threat to your life, uh, or was an innocent bystander, you may spend the rest of your life in jail. Um, not to mention that just the mindset that you're going to be in, knowing that you did that. Um, the act of killing another human being is just, it's, it's against human nature for the most part. Um, you kind of have to be trained to do that. Uh, there was uh, studies done, and I, I don't know how accurate the studies were, to be quite honest. I've seen um, a lot of evidence for it, and then I've seen some studies kind of say eh, it may not be useful or it's outdated. Uh, but I believe in World War II, uh, they did studies about uh, the soldiers, and that a vast majority of them that were told to shoot at the, the enemy actually shot over their heads purposely um, or just didn't shoot at all. They just couldn't bring themselves to kill another, another human being. Uh, and that, that tells you a lot, and I, I believe that is true. Um, even though the, the study itself probably wasn't the, the best done study. I think it had more to do with like questionnaires and stuff. I, I, I can't remember exactly uh, what the, the negative side of that was or what the criticism was, but um, I've seen those studies before, and it seems about right because that is very difficult to kill another human being, even if you think they deserve it. Um, the psychological damage that comes afterwards is debilitating. Uh, there's a reason why PTSD uh, runs rampant through the military and law enforcement because um, they have to do these things, they've been trained to do these things, and but at the same time, mentally, 
how how do you train somebody to do that? It, it's very difficult. Um, but they do uh, have at least now uh, post uh, Vietnam is and there was a lot of issues with that. From what I've read, that you know they didn't do some of the things that they're doing now um, as far as uh, helping minimize it and with debriefings and uh, taking breaks and whatnot. Um, and counseling, uh, talking to coworkers, those things just they weren't done back then. Unfortunately, um, they've learned to do it, but still, I'm I'm guessing there's a lot of people that don't do it. Um, it's unfortunate. So it's that it's a it's a huge issue, and I can't stress enough how important it is to understand the mental side of things after there's been an incident, uh, even if it's not you know killing somebody, just getting into a fight, getting attacked. You're never going to forget that. It, it just sears itself into your brain. Um, and there could be issues with that later on. Um, now the last one here to finish up. Um, understand that what you think will happen when you shoot somebody is probably not realistic. Uh, again, don't watch movies for realism here. Uh, you, you see them in the movies and they go flying back uh, 10 feet after you shoot them and die instantly. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, a gunshot, even though even through the heart um, or through the head, it, it will not kill them instantly. Uh, potentially, it could, but it's it's not likely. Um, and many times, that person will continue to attack you um, for seconds, if not minutes, before they die. Even if it was a, a fatal wound, they'll keep moving, uh, especially if they don't know they've been shot. Again, that mental willpower is amazing. Uh, you're going to have to have perfect aim and keep running. <laughs> That's about it. Um, if, um, with that same thought on the other side of this, if you are shot, uh, don't allow yourself to believe you're going to die. Keep fighting because uh, what do you got to lose? If you do, just, if you're laying down, it's, it's over. But if you can get up and keep moving, you can potentially stop that person. Uh, and maybe it doesn't work out well for you, but maybe it does, but you stop the person. Um, there are numerous accounts uh, about you know people being shot in the head, the heart, wherever, and still uh, fighting off a threat, and for some even surviving. Um, there was, I, I wish I remember the name of the book. I can't remember if it was on killing or on combat or uh, meditations on violence. Um, I wish I remember what it was, but um, there were scenarios. Uh, I want to say I think it was on combat, to be honest, because it seems to fit. And highly recommend that book, by the way. It, it really gets you into that mindset of the combat side of it, which we we're just talking about with the, the mental side. And it, it gives some stories, and I'm probably going to butcher the story. And I've said it numerous times to students. And uh, I hope I'm saying it right, but I believe there was a law enforcement lady that was uh, just driving home. She pulled up and like two or three people jumped out uh, and shot her. Uh, I think they like, it was pretty violent in the book, but it, I think it said that it, it shot off like half of her head and a hole through her heart with like a shotgun. And she still apprehended one of them, I believe, and then called for backup to catch the other two before she died. And that's nuts. Uh, <laughs> your half your head is gone, half your brain is missing, 
and there's no blood pumping through your body and she still did this uh, again when your body's trained it just keeps moving and doing what it's trained to do uh, whether or not your brain is telling it to do that anymore or not it just it, it just keeps moving uh, that's why we train the way we do uh, because you're not going to have that brain power to work with it, it just it shuts down uh, the, the body biologically thinks it's not necessary to fight back with the brain <laughs> uh, and uh, you know watching a UFC fight you'll, you'll see that uh, I'm joking of course but um, it, it just it, it pulls all that blood away from the, the cognitive side it keeps it into the uh, instinctive side so it just keeps functioning uh, with what it needs to do with whatever it's been trained to do that that still gets the blood but not the the cognitive rational thought provoking uh, side of the brain that one is drained uh, and so if it was shot off it doesn't do anything but anyway um, that is it for this episode um, I know some people have very uh, emotional responses when it comes to gun talk uh, in a lot of different reasons. Some they, they love it, some they hate it. Um, that's fine. Hopefully I didn't cross any boundaries. I'm just giving you gun safety if you choose to have one um, and where the, the best scenario would be to have one and that's it. Uh, so I hope you found it uh, useful. Uh, if you, as usual, if you've got uh, comments or anything, let me know. I, I never get any real responses from these things. Um, I know the, the listening audience is pretty small right now. It's because I have it on the Patreon account. Um, and I will eventually move it over and make it free with the hopes of getting sponsors at some point. Um, but this is the only way I can actually make any money off of it uh, in a desperate time. So um, I'm doing what I can with it. Uh, but uh, eventually I'll start releasing these for free um, and hopefully there'll be more uh, listeners and I'll get a little more feedback from it. Um, and again, if you have any um, requests of things to talk about um, or if you're listening and go, man, I really want to be on there, I want, I want to say some stuff and you know, I've got stories, let me know. Uh, really, everyone's invited. Uh, I've got you know, four microphones here, three extra microphones, I'm using one. And I've got, uh, I can do a call in as well. You've heard in, uh, I think it's the last episode, um, Aaron Lawrence called in. Uh, he lives up in uh, Oregon and still got to talk to him. So um, there are uh, ways to do it. Uh, so let me know, uh, even if you've been here before, I'll have repeat guests <laughs> as often as I can. Uh, I much prefer to do it with guests. Uh, it's just always difficult to get people in. Uh, especially right now, everyone's not supposed to be <laughs> hanging out and uh, being around each other. So hopefully soon we'll get a little more people coming over once things kind of loosen up around here due to the pandemic. But anyway, uh, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed it.